This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Knowledge at Wharton on Business Radio. Here's your host, Dan Loney. We have seen strong recovery in the housing market since the bubble of 2007-2008. Prices have been on the rise in a majority of the metro areas across the U.S. In fact, San Jose, California just became the first metro area to post a median price of $1 million. But there's another potential bubble out there, according to real estate website Zillow. A new report says that climate change has the possibility to, pun intended, submerge almost 2 million homes by the year 2100. Still, that's a long way off, but the property values on those properties could be upwards of $900 billion. Svenja Goodell is the chief economist with Zillow. She was part of the research team on this. Svenja, great to have you back on the show. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. Uh, This report, uh, I guess, kind of starts with a study that came out earlier this year about the actual rise of sea level that we could see over the next several decades, correct? Absolutely. And there was an article published that estimated that it's very likely that over the next 100 years we would see sea levels rise um, by roughly six feet, if not more. Part of that is because of the, I guess from what I understand, the melting going on in Antarctica? Correct, yep. And those melting ice caps will just add water to, to the oceans and slowly but surely we'll see our coastlines eroding because of that. And, and we've talked a little bit about uh, this problem. There was a, a great series of articles that looked at the problems in and around New Orleans uh, that, mm-hmm. that are going on right now. A lot of people think about that area. A lot of people will think about Miami, uh, the Florida coastline. But as I kind of alluded to earlier in the show, this is a problem potentially that almost every coastline city are going to have to think about in the years to come. Absolutely. And, you know, you're right that usually we're focused in on on places like Florida and uh, Louisiana, where oftentimes hurricanes are also to blame when it comes to natural disasters. But really, if you if you have or if you're living in a state that is touching the ocean, this is something you're going to have to deal with over the the next uh, few decades here. What are the biggest areas of concern that, that you found potentially from your report? So the states that are most likely to be affected are Florida, uh, where actually one out of eight homes is going to be underwater if sea levels do rise uh, by six feet um, over the next 100 years. But also uh, states like Louisiana and even states like California, where fewer homes are affected, but the actual total worth of the housing stock that is affected is quite high. And the list goes on. You can look at any sort of state out there, Texas. Uh, Pennsylvania, Georgia, all these states are are definitely impacted. And, of course, Hawaii is another one that's going to lose close to 10 percent of its housing stock because of rising sea level. And I guess part of this is is not only just the rising sea level that that you'll find in the ocean, uh, you know, Pacific Atlantic Ocean or or the Gulf, uh, but you probably, I guess, would have a, a, a corresponding rise in some of the levels on the tributaries going into those oceans, and that'll affect some properties, uh, you know, upriver as well. 
Absolutely. And, you know, we, we did map this out, and there's certainly uh, lakes that have direct access to uh, two oceans uh, and rivers that will be elevated as well. And along those uh, riverbanks and lakes, um, you would also lose houses that will be affected by, by rising water level. The, the, the data on Florida I found very interesting, in the, that, and you brought the number up, that one out of eight ho- homes in the state mm-hmm. of Florida— you know, it could very well be damaged or gone because of the rising sea level. Part of that is obviously is that the state itself is pretty much at sea level. There isn't a whole lot of right. of altitude in that state. But I mean, when you think about the width of the state of Florida, that, that's a pretty pretty stark statement to make. It is, and you know, if you if you think about the, you mentioned the the total cost is close to nine hundred billion dollars that we'd be we'd be facing or losing in value here. Um, roughly half of that is coming actually from loss of homes in Florida, because we're affecting almost thirteen percent of the housing stock in Florida by rising sea levels. And uh, you know, given that uh, on 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 average, a house there that is affected costs. $262,000, that's going to add up to uh, close to $413 billion being affected by by these rising levels. So I guess there's a little bit of a differentiation because in Florida, you're talking uh, obviously cost, but the number of homes that that could be potentially involved in this, in contrast to, which I found amazing in, in, in looking at the data, that Boston could be affected by this. New York City could be affected yep. by this in areas where maybe it won't be as many properties, but the value of the properties in those particular areas are much higher than, say, in the state of Florida. And so the value is a lot more. That's right. And I mean, in general, we did find that homes that are going to be affected by this tend to be more expensive anyway, simply because they are located by the ocean. Right. And that, you know, currently at least, still comes with a premium as people enjoy ocean views and, and um, very exclusive locations a lot of times. So these are oftentimes homes that are more expensive than the general homes in that state would be. We're talking with Svenja Goodell, who is with uh, Zillow.com, their chief economist. We're talking about the report they put out uh, that looks at the potential uh, effect of climate change on the housing market here in the United States over the next several decades. You're more than welcome to jump in and ask a question or give a comment. The number to give us a call is 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Or if you'd like, send us a comment via Twitter, either at BizRadio, B-I-Z Radio 111, or my Twitter account, which is at Dan Loney, L-O-N-E-Y 21. Uh, the other part to this, uh, which I don't n- know necessarily if your report focuses on, but the insurance industry obviously would mm-hmm. feel the effects uh, of this type of problem go on, going on in the years to come. Oh, absolutely. And you're right. This is not something we focused on with this report, but um, there's certainly a discussion to be had about flood insurance, um, are we under-insuring ourselves, given these numbers? Um, you know, if this were to actually happen, would there still be people that are willing to insure homes that are by the ocean? And, um, you know, the discussion of, of FEMA would come up and uh, rebuilding homes that are so close to, to the ocean right now, yeah. where they are at risk at, at being uh, impacted. 
the interesting thing is that going to the uh, New Jersey shore that I that I do from time to time, uh, we have seen obviously in the wake of Superstorm Sandy, so many people had to to repair damages or you know in some cases had to rebuild houses along the ocean, uh, and many of them, not all, but many of them decided to put their homes on stilts because mm-hmm. they were worried about potential flooding down the road. Uh, this is maybe something that that some people are going to have to consider as an option in the next several years. It certainly is. And I mean, that's, that's you know, one way of, of uh, dealing with this, at least in the short term, put your home on stilts. And that does bring up an interesting point if you think about it, because, uh, you know, as, as we see these things happening and this threat increase in the future, um, it's going to come down to who's going to really have the money to be able to put their home on stilts or rebuild. And usually these homes are rebuilt uh, nicer and more expensive than they were, when they were originally, even once they were affected by a hurricane. Um, and so who has the money to put it on stilts and which communities have money to fight off uh, fight the, the rising sea level. So it, there is going to be a bit of inequality created by this. And you mentioned that, um, you know, communities like Boston, Cape Cod would certainly be affected by sure. rising sea levels. Yeah. Of course, these communities also will have funds available in, in better off neighborhoods to be able to do something about that. You'll build, uh, you know, stronger levees or seawalls that will hopefully stop some of this. And uh, and so it'll be interesting to see how, how that will continue to evolve. I, I guess that, and, and the Boston statistics, you know, really caught me off guard because I would have never thought about it. And and obviously if, if you've been to Boston or more importantly, maybe you've flown into Boston, you realize that the airport is literally right there on the water. So any particular rise of sea level in the Boston area would obviously affect the airport and would affect a lot of the businesses and the people that live along the water down there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the same could be said about New York City as well, especially like Manhattan Island, which during Sandy had flooding issues because of the rise of, of, of seawater. Absolutely. And if you, you know, to, to, to just put a finer point on, on your Boston example, um, you know, we show that close to 20% of the housing stock, that's one out of every five homes in Boston, um, would actually be affected. And that adds up to almost 22,000 homes uh, where the, the median value of a home that's affected is uh, uh, just over $700,000. So that's a lot of value lost and it's a lot of homes that are actually affected by this. With California, obviously, you're talking about a lot, a lot of property and a, a lot of real estate. Uh, is it more Southern California that that would potentially be affected uh, by a potential rise of, of, of sea level? Well, it's really all parts of Florida that do touch the ocean, and um, and, and parts of Florida. Well, ca- California, me, California. Yeah. Um, thank you. Uh, it's all of all of California that uh, that is certainly affected, but some you know some parts are affected more so than others in the sense that. Some cities would be wiped out completely, and we we did find that um, you know parts of uh, coastal LA would be completely underwater. Where um, Huntington Beach is, is of course a community that's hard hit, and, and parts of Huntington Beach would be completely submerged. Uh, and so there, you're seeing complete loss of, of entire cities. Eight four four Wharton is the number to give us a call. Svenja Goodell is the uh, guest from uh, Zillow.com. 844-942-7866 if you'd like to jump in and, and ask a question. Uh, this obviously is a, is a study which in some respects is an informational 
uh, report uh, because you're looking at the variety of different properties. There really isn't any, obviously, suggestion as to what needs to be done. But as somebody right. that follows the, the, the housing industry and, and understands this, ha- have you even on a personal level started to think about, you know, some of the things that, that maybe the housing industry needs to consider at this point? Yes, and I, I think, you know, it's it's interesting because when most shoppers go out there and they shop for homes, um, they um, oftentimes don't even know that they're in a flood zone until it's time for closing. They don't know that that's going to impact their insurance costs. And uh, oftentimes they certainly don't have a horizon of 100 years to be able to think about what will happen to my home, but not realizing that, you know, even in 20, 30, 40 years from now, um, they could very well be heavily impacted by rising sea levels where they're currently located. So I do think that we're going to have to start thinking about how climate change is going to impact us in, in terms of buying homes and in terms of where we buy homes and what that, what that can do to potential costs and how our whole financing market is going to work for homes. I guess the, the Hawaii uh, uh, example that you give is also interesting because of the fact that uh, Hawaii is a, a state that obviously has quite a bit of altitude to it at, at portions, uh, mm-hmm. quite a bit of mountains, but the majority of the people, I think, that live in Hawaii live fairly close to the water. That's right. Well, it is nice living close to the water right. in Hawaii. I yeah. can attest to that one as having vacationed there recently. So it's, it's beautiful. But it's uh, absolutely scary to think about what can happen to all of those properties as we see uh, water levels rise. And then, of course, you do have to think about, you know, does that mean I'm going to locate closer to a cliff as I build a home? Um, and, uh, you know, what is that going to, to mean for, for this home in my lifetime? 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. Uh, this data obviously is, is very important now, and, and I'm, in, I'm guessing that this is going to be something that, uh, that you're going to be watching very closely as we move on over the next, uh, next decade or two. It certainly is. And I think along with it, climate change is something that we've started to focus more on. If you think about um, how it changes in general, not just rising sea levels, but how it changes how we buy homes, what kind of amenities we ask for. Um, you know, do you consider having more air conditions uh, installed in, in units right here in Seattle? The old adage used to be we're, we're, we're located in, uh, in Seattle, um, and everyone used to say, oh, you know, you don't need AC. It's, it really gets really hot, right. um, you know, two, three years out of the uh, – two, three days out of the year. But now if you ask a builder that builds especially multifamily apartments, um, he will tell you, oh, I can't build a unit without AC in it anymore because summers have gotten so much hotter. So climate change in general is, is going to have a large impact and play a very large role in housing going forward. Yeah, and you just alluded to it, and let's delve into that more for a second, the impact that this is going to have on builders in general and, and what they build, where they build and the features that they have built into these particular homes. Right, absolutely. And you can think about, you know, how much has uh, AC um, use uh, gone up over the years? Um, What type of other, you know, heating, how has that changed? Have more homes been put on stilts? Are we being more energy efficient? Um, I mean, all these things go into, um, into being more climate conscious and being able to deal with climate change. You mentioned Seattle. What is the potential impact uh, there in Seattle? So we're uh, we're heavily impacted on on parts of Alki Beach. If you're familiar with Seattle, it's 
it's an outer lying area that's uh, that's part of part of Seattle that is going to be heavily impacted. And then um, going up the, the the coastal line in Seattle, uh, fortunately, we aren't as uh, affected as some other uh, parts of uh, parts of Washington, even as we're not facing directly into the open ocean. We're on the Puget Sound, so right. we have a little bit of a, of a barrier. But of course, um, homes would still be affected as as you go along the the ocean front. Well, I would think that even in some of the spots along the West Coast uh, that aren't or that are uh, quite a bit higher up where the where, you know, right along the coastline, that even those would be impacted by having six foot higher amounts of water Mm -hmm. in that particular area uh, of the potential of, of, of landslides. Oh yes, absolutely, and it's the it, you know it, it comes down to the point again of what you'd brought up earlier. It's not just about how um, the ocean itself is going to rise, but how it's going to affect um, rivers and uh, and lakes that are, have direct uh, connections to oceans. How they're going to rise and and how that's going to impact the people living around those bodies of water. Not everything is connected to a lock system um, so to actually control water water levels. So um, you know these things like mudslides and um, river flooding uh, will play a much larger role in the future. I guess it is a good sign for the future that the housing industry is aware of this uh, and that they are. Uh, you know, they're planning for it at this point. Uh, obviously, you'd like to see uh, a change uh, for climate change just in general. But the fact that the housing industry realizes that this is an economic piece to their operation that they really have to account for at this point. Yeah, especially if you think about that, you know, our estimates um come in and impacting close to 2% of the, the U.S. housing stock. But that's a fairly conservative estimate if you think about what's going to happen in the next 100 years. Even the total dollar amount that's affected is in current dollars. So, you know, as the population grows, as we're more likely to build in denser areas that are closer to, to the coast, um, we're going to have more homes that are affected and, and more value that's potentially lost. So it becomes really um, important to actually think about what is going to happen if I build here. And right now, oftentimes people think, well, 100 years is so far away, but it, this is not a change that's going to happen. You know, now nothing and then 100 years, everything. It's, it's slowly going to creep up on us. And the good news is it's 100 years out. So we do have uh, some time to actually deal with these effects and, and uh, think about what we can do. And HUD has already uh, earlier this year given uh, money to states to think about creative solutions to, to dealing with climate change and water uh, rising sea levels. However, we need to think more about it and, and see how this will impact how we build. What about for uh, like along a, a, a you know major waterway like the Mississippi River, uh, which obviously basically splits this country in half? Uh, what about the impact on on the rising seawater on something like that and the people that are living up and down the uh, the Mississippi River? Well, yes, absolutely. That will that will certainly in, in some parts of that also be uh, you'll have river flooding and that will be affected as well. Um, however, I do think initially, at least, you'll probably have more of a, an effect right around the, the uh, or in closer proximity to the ocean. 844-942-7866 is the number to give us a call. Are there areas that, that we haven't talked about that maybe will come as a surprise to us that are areas that really need to be focused on that that could see a a major impact from this in years to come 
Well, I think a lot of them are probably uh, more of the more of the obvious ones that you think about because they are um, close to the ocean. But um, there are certainly states that you don't normally think about, such as Maine, um, of course, a coastal state. But we don't hear about uh, flooding all too often. Um, it's overshadowed by uh, by places like South Carolina, North Carolina, Florida that see a lot more flooding than you would see in Maine, but it's really yeah. every state that is connected to the ocean is going to, to see an impact here, and, and some more than others. Even a place like uh, New Jersey, um, you know, close to 10% of the homes, of course, yeah. with, with, the, with the Jersey waterfront being aff- affected there, and, um, you know, they're already doing things uh, on, uh, on an annual basis, like rebuilding beaches that have been washed away, and that happens already, and, and so, um, you know, it, it, it will be interesting to see um, as rising sea levels uh, threaten more and more of uh, of these communities, what can be done to actually stop some of this or uh, potentially build somewhere else. Yeah, and I guess part of this is also the fact that uh, as we go through the years here, you may uh, very well, and I don't know if there's a, a direct correlation to this, uh, you may see more uh, potential flooding. Like I know down at the Jersey Shore, you obviously have a certain level of flooding almost on a weekly basis because of the tides. But right. when, when you factor this in, that, that flooding is going to be increased. It is. And it's, um, you know, I think some of the um, this data comes from NOAA. And, um, you know, sometimes um, when you look at it, you can see that um, it definitely pushes the, the homes that are affected um, uh, are, are pushed in, inland because they are um, connected to rivers and lakes. Um, sometimes there are lock systems in place that prevent some of that. Um, but other times there aren't. So, you know, here in Seattle, we do have locks in place that do prevent some of the, the, the tides to, to not affect actually bodies of water inside of uh, more inland um, in, in Seattle. But, uh, you know, other communities do not have this and you see more of this. And um, as sea le- levels rise even more dramatically, some of it won't be able to be stopped. And then you will see a whole lot of flooding inland. I mentioned how the housing sector is obviously very well aware of this. Uh, there's no question. I would think that the insurance industry is very well uh, interested in in making sure that, that this is a, a point of emphasis right now. It, it, absolutely. But I think, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned the housing industry is certainly aware of this. But we, we have also done some research that looks at, um, you know, our love of the ocean, which we, we always like to call that piece, because as we see um, in this case, the research we did focused on, on natural disasters and, and hurricanes, specifically um, along ocean fronts, particularly in uh, Florida and the Carolinas. And we did see that even though homes are, you know, very much in the path of hurricanes and they get affected over and over again um, and are flooded, we do tend to rebuild those homes and we build, rebuild more of these homes that are more expensive um, right by the ocean. And so it's, it's really, we aren't deterred by, by these issues and building does commence among those, those, um, uh, those areas that are in danger of flooding. Um, sometimes, you know, homes are put on stilts. But uh, it's, it doesn't hasn't deterred us so far uh, in terms of building close to these dangerous areas. Well, yeah, I mean, builders realize that this is, as we alluded to, the value of this property is quite a bit higher than, say, the value in and around here in the Philadelphia area or some spots in the Philadelphia area or in Iowa or obviously, or, you know, Minnesota, you name the place. So, I mean, they're going to continue to build just as long as, as people have the want to try and live there. 
Exactly. And I think uh, given that some of these issues have such a long time horizon attached to them, they're not in the forefront of people when they're making housing decisions, uh, as we already talked a little bit about. And so people don't necessarily think, oh, I'm not going to build a home here because it might be flooded in 100 years from now. And so um, the the luxury and the 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 amazingness of a property right by the ocean does does currently push for more construction along these uh, these paths and um, not too much mind is paid paid to the fact that some of these are at risk of flooding. I guess as, as we go further with this is uh, the the efforts as you said some cities are making right now to make sure that uh, that their uh, areas along the beach are protected become even more important. But something like a six foot rise of sea tide that you know building beaches back up will have an impact but still that's right. that that in some respects is not going to do enough no especially if you think about the fact that currently we're already rebuilding beaches on a on an annual basis right. that get washed away and um you know think about the next 100 years and the and the rise in sea levels that we'll see you're absolutely right once we're at six feet, there's, I mean, there's simply no beach there to even rebuild anymore. And so we are going to move, we're going to be pushed more inland at that point. Great to have you on the show again, Svenja. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. You, you, you got it. Svenja Goodell from uh, Zolo.com, their chief economist. Uh, $900 billion is what they are talking about, the potential impact if you see a six-foot rise of sea level. Now, obviously, there are a lot of people out there that don't believe in climate change, and they don't expect to see uh, that type of, of sea level rise. But city of Miami is already making changes, uh, understanding that, that this is a potential problem. And a lot of other communities around the U.S. are doing the same as well. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.